Welcome to the Wild Type Podcast. I'm Neptune the Chameleon. And I'm Lissa Lizards. And, and we're, we're your reptile, reptile girlies. girlies. So I wanted to start out with the question from the audience to start out with. Love it. I know the last couple episodes we've done them towards the end, but this is a juicy one. So I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about this. Okay. This one's coming from the reptile cat mom. Okay. That's their username. I, I love reptiles <laughs> and cats as well. So love yeah. that. So she asks, what's a reptile you want to own and one you don't want to own? Okay. I've got a long list of ones I don't want to own. That's for sure. But one off the list. So one off the list is any overly large snake. So I'll go with Burmese pythons or reticulated pythons. Okay, you have to clarify because you do have I an do. anaconda, I do. which some people would say is an overly large snake. So. This is accurate. <laughs> but my anaconda, Tarzan, he's a yellow anaconda, which is the smaller species of anaconda. Yeah. Of the two, there are four species of anaconda, but there are two that are most commonly kept. And the yellows are the smaller ones. Yeah. And he's a male, so they stay much smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me personally, I don't ever want a snake that is going to get bigger than maybe like 9, 10 feet. And at most, he will likely max out around like 7 to 8 versus reticulated pythons. And Burmese pythons can get like 15, 18. I believe I they can even so get... wild. I, I think they can even get over 20 feet. Don't come for me. I don't have one. I don't know 100%. Not your thing. Yeah, but, that's fine. But they can get huge. And for me, that's just not one that I will ever have the capacity of space to yeah, be able to provide I, what I would want to Whenever provide. I see the... So they always sell baby retex, yeah. you know, at Exos and, and they're stuff. so cute. And then you see like an adult just chill yeah. and you're like, oh my, it just that keeps going and going and going yeah. and going and going. And you're like, this thing is massive. It's crazy. So one I have on my list of species I don't want to own is also a snake, but just like a ball python. Just like, <laughs> I just am not a snake girly. Okay. Like I have yeah. zero interest and never say never, never say never, but I have zero yeah. interest in owning a snake. I have oh, so yeah. much admiration for them. I love looking them at yeah. them at expos. You're definitely not necessarily like afraid of them no. either. No, 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 yeah. no. It's not like any <clears throat> bad feelings towards no. snakes whatsoever. I'm not like scared of them. It's just not your thing. I just don't have any interest yeah. in keeping okay. them. Uh, trust me, like I said, I have a laundry list of species that I don't want to keep and half of them are because I have no interest. Yeah. So. just Mine's just like snakes in general. You said yeah. big, big snakes and yeah. I'm just like ball python even that is like (laughs) i mean not to continue listing but just an example i have no interest in bearded dragons absolutely none that's gonna i'm so sorry i think they're adorable i think they're adorable i love them i just don't want one just not for you yeah so but and then ones that i would want to keep so i'm there's again a million that i could pick from yeah we can do an episode on like dream species and like go into details but what's just one so probably what i'll say is like what I think will might be like my next mm-hmm. adventure yeah. in the reptile world is I would love to have uh, poison dart frogs and morning mm-hmm. geckos. And yep. you can 
cohab them. And that is something that I would be very interested in trying to attempt and seeing how yeah. that goes. Yeah. And those would so. be completely different than what you've kept oh, yeah. before. So mm-hmm. I think that would be super exciting. That's why I'm really interested in it. It's just because it's like totally off the yeah. charts, not what I normally yeah. keep. And yeah. I'm and then closures of, would be completely yes. different. The requirements would be yes. completely different. Diet would be mm-hmm. completely like, mm-hmm. com- yeah, would be new, new territory for completely sure. Completely new territory, which is why I'm interested in dipping my toes in those mm-hmm. waters. Yeah. Mine, not surprising, is a chameleon. (laughs) (laughs) But different kind of chameleon. Okay. So I would really love a Mellor's chameleon. Oh, yeah. You've been wanting one of those for a hot minute, though. That's not new. so hard to find in captivity. So, so, so hard. If you guys haven't seen a Mellor's chameleon, please look them up. Is it just because they aren't bred often in captivity? Okay. Yeah. So very few people have them in captivity. And there's this one guy who has a pair and he did have eggs but they end up going bad Aww. so because i dm'd him like asap when he announced he had eggs and i was so, like let me know it, so it's just the fact that like there's just so few yes. in captivity in general yes okay. so then there's even fewer people who have two who or a male or them. female yeah. yeah so it's not so much that they're just hard to breed versus just scarce it's just availability Got yep it. just a lot of people don't have them but they're yellow and green they're, they're big stunning. and they've got yeah. black spots on them <laughs> Like, that is like your kryptonite. I know. I know. So anyone Dalmatian who's everything. I have a pet Dalmatian. Like yeah. I have a dog who is a Dalmatian. And, and your crested gecko is. I have is, a crested gecko yeah. who's a Dalmatian. My favorite ball python morph mm-hmm. is a banana, yep. which has spots. I'm just like. You're a sucker for the spots. So if you give me a chameleon that has spots on it. Come on. Game over. Yeah, that's like I'm so up your alley. Oh my so, gosh. I'm sold. Yeah. So. Anyways, thank you guys so much for submitting your questions. Yeah. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Wild Type Podcast because yeah. we throw up Q and A's, and then you can submit your questions, and then we'll answer them on the podcast. So yeah. be on the lookout for that. But for our main segment, you got to get a bucket of popcorn. It's a good one. Get ready. It's a good one. So we're talking about movies. So with movies, there's typically animals mm-hmm. in them, and I think it'd be fun to discuss both the pros and cons, the benefits, and maybe some of the bad stuff that's come with having reptiles in movies. There's a lot to talk about on this category, for sure. I think previously, we've talked about Tangled, right? Yes. At a high level. That's like, honestly, that's the number one that I think. Yeah. Oh, it was when we were talking about um, names, right? And we brought up Tangled and Pascal. Pascal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I did a whole YouTube video just on this. I've made multiple TikToks on the impact of the chameleon hobby specifically with Tangled Mm -hmm. because Pascal my two cents gave unrealistic expectations and oh are you kidding oh the the expectations of these children to have a spotted like he turns into a flower it's crazy it's crazy he literally (laughs) camouflages into a flower so here's here's my thing and like this is why this is a discussion right and we would love to hear your guys' thoughts but people will come at me and they're like it's just a movie like movie magic it's disney don't make a fuss over it i have also had the exact same thing because there are ones that and i'll go through my list of other movies but there are so many different things and i've made videos on it as well and people say that exact thing of it's just a movie and it's like okay i i get that i understand because obviously movies can't be super realistic all the time that's 
uh, we know that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a whimsy element of, of like, course. you know, having your best friend be a chameleon. And, and one of the other ones I had on my list was Frozen with the little salamander <gasps> Bruni. Yes. So He's, cute. I'm obsessed. I have I have little I have the Funko Pop of him. I have like a little stuffed animal of him. I yeah. love it. Okay, that is a huge pro though of yes. having all these reptiles mm-hmm. in the movies as you get all these like cute little We get all the little <laughs> I I'm a knickknack lover. I'm a maximalist at heart. So I love any and all knickknacks that yeah. are, you know, reptile themed. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. love it. And and Bruni the little salamander was so freaking cute. Adorable. But I I wouldn't be surprised if a ton of people went out and tried to get salamanders as pets after that, just like people went out and yeah. tried to get chameleons as pets after and that. And people are like, oh, well, people will know better and they know, no, no, no. That's not true. That's not true. don't, though, because you know how I know? They end up in my DMs. They're like, literally. I got a chameleon because of the movie and I named it Pascal. Or they literally don't even have to tell you that it's because of the movie. They're just like, um, hi, I would like help with my chameleon Pascal. And you're immediately like, oh, no. Understood. <laughs> I know exactly what happened. Come to me. Yeah. I will help you. Yeah. Let's so take care of this. It's, it's just hard because obviously we don't want to over look at like over analyze movies and be like, yeah. you know, canceling every movie out there. For I'm sure, really for sure. big on that. I think that's really important to know that it's fiction. And obviously some of it is magical, especially in things like, you know, fairy tale Disney movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. But we have to understand that even just a movie has real world implications. Yeah. And I think those implications when it comes to animals are unfortunately life or death. Yeah. And so that's the hard part is, you know, you have to kind of walk that line of like, what's, how much do we emphasize this? Like how much do we talk about it? You know, is it really that big of a deal? Is it not? Yeah. It's just worthy of the discussion. And I think it, it kind of goes to like, like how much, are they deviating from, True. you know, like they didn't show Pascal's enclosure, right? Like Mm-mm. no. In, Which is honestly probably for the best. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like they didn't even show it. So you're mm-hmm. like, you don't even have an idea. You don't have what, to worry about that. But then you also have no idea what the care for mm-hmm. a chameleon or a salamander yeah. requires whatsoever. And just let me clarify. The reason I say it's probably for the best that they don't show an enclosure for him is because we know it's not going to be accurate. Yeah. It's a movie. To your point, you know it's, a, it's just a movie. Like, it's not going to be real. In the background of like a TV show and there's just like a glass aquarium tank thing and there's just like a turtle chilling in there. They're not even showing it. No. It's like slightly blurred out, but you know and I know mm-hmm. like what's oh, in there. Uh, all the time. And you're just like, what value does this provide none, for none. the yeah for the visuals of the movie like literally no. nothing you could you you could put books there yeah this <laughs> does not need to to be here no yeah so i know we had those on our list mm-hmm. um rango if we're sticking with lizards yeah that's that fine. one they it, did show oh, his enclosure because he fell off the truck they did <laughs> they did i actually don't know I've, i haven't seen that one in so long i forget that one that was the opening scene was he yeah. was in like a glass aquarium okay like with like two things like the gold like the little yeah, goldfish yeah, wind yeah. up toy or whatever was in there and then the truck like hits a bump and he flies off and I it totally, breaks and then he ends totally up in the that. desert yeah. that's like opening the scene original yeah that is a little bit of an interesting one because you can't even tell that like rango is a chameleon he doesn't even look like a chameleon he no. looks like a half iguana half chameleon yeah it's weird if you look it up it says he's a chameleon but like does he not doesn't. look it yeah no so that's kind of a, yeah that's an, an interesting one, one. so yeah. some of the ones that i had i tried to think of like snake ones too okay i wanted to make sure we talk about this because snake our culture towards snakes yes. i feel like is driven from Fear pop culture and movies, movies. 
Absolutely. Yes. I was the one I was going to mention is just the movie Anaconda because I have an Anaconda. I've never seen. Is it like a scary movie? It's yeah. It's very much yeah, no, like thanks. be afraid of the Anaconda is yeah, the no, theme of I the movie. I don't do scary movies, period. So yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So Which you can speak to it. You can speak to it. I'm a Halloween I, girl with a, with a best friend who doesn't even do scary movies. Like, oh. No, I do Disney kills Halloween. Me. Kills me. <laughs> Disney Halloween movies. But literally when I wanted to get Tarzan, my yellow Anaconda, I was like running it by my now husband, boyfriend at the time, and was telling him and his first thought, and he's unusual. I'm very lucky that he thinks differently just like I do. But his first thought was, oh, I loved the Anaconda movie when I was a kid. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and I was like, nobody else would think that. And that's when you knew yeah, so he like, was the one. Like, this, is a, this is a good one. But honestly, movies like Anaconda, Snakes on a Plane, like just any... Uh, honestly, I literally before this, when I was like thinking through like some of the movies, I was Googling trying to think of other movies that showed snakes in a positive light. Please let me know if you guys know of one that I don't. For snakes in a positive light. So have you seen the new Hunger Games movie? Yes. Uh, no, sorry. I have not seen it, but I've seen all the videos and I know there's like a lot of snakes in it. So there's a ton of snakes. I yes. want to make sure we talk about this. So there are the majority of the movie does have the snakes in a negative light. They like use snakes mm -hmm. as like a weapon. Yeah. Like, da -da -da -da. And that's what I've seen. I've but, seen some of that. And I'm not giving away any spoilers, I promise. But one of the characters does have a special bond in relationship mm -hmm. and connection with the snake in a I've positive manner. I, I actually wrote this one down because I also wanted to talk about it. So I'm really glad yeah. you brought, I haven't seen it yet. No, I but saw, I've seen all I the saw, clips. I've seen it all over I TikTok. Saw the movie. So yeah. I've seen a little bit of it and and I was very happy to hear that there was like a person in it yes. that had a bond. And, and and it's definitely the smaller percentage. The majority mm -hmm. for sure is yeah. snakes being Negative. villainized, weaponized, yeah. like bad and stereotypical cliche, whatever. That's my big issue with how snakes are shown in movies is yeah. that 99% of the time they're being shown as this horrible, heartless creature that just wants to devour and eat humans. <laughs> ah, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I wrote that down because you were bringing up snakes. Because mm -hmm. was it like the snake pit and everything the else? The snake pit. But you want to know a fun little fact about Indiana Jones is that, it, and I don't know if this is all 100% fact. This is just lore that I've read on the internet. We'll go with it. But apparently they actually utilized more legless lizards than real snakes oh. in that snake pit scene which for anybody who doesn't know i have a legless lizard yeah, named yeah, voldemort yeah. so like i thought that was really cool yeah. and i guess they did that just because people are less afraid of lizards but honestly i think legless lizards are so weird they would freak most people out more so okay. i don't know what yeah, their reasoning was i think they're was. a little freaky if yeah. we're talking about reptiles in pits mm -hmm. the movie holes oh. if you remember they had <laughs> the, the bearded, bearded dragons. dragons and they were like this highly venomous lizard and like, they're like they have polka dots on them yeah, like drawn I on i think it was the yellow, dots. yellow spotted lizard was yeah the, was the it name. was literally a beardy that oh <laughs> just like gosh. spots on and it beardies are like the most like honestly they're probably one of the reptiles that's the most like accustomed to humans which yeah. is obviously why they used them i will say they did do a little like you know, editing where CGI they had them stuff, like, you know, be really like a scary. frill lizard, mm -hmm. you know, where they would like, I remember and, like, there come was a, at you. I remember there was one where the bearded dragon was like running at him. And yes, it was that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah, it was yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I remember But you that. can tell it's like totally it fake. Was for sure CGI. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. The whole thing was CGI on that. Yeah. yeah. But those were, were beardies that, mm -hmm. you know, that they were they so were cute. Like, and I remember watching that years and years and years ago. And I remember being like, those aren't, those aren't 
venomous. Like, so for not... me, it wasn't until I got older, right? Because oh, like yeah. we were pretty young, yeah, we were. You know, mm-hmm. when holes came out, and it wasn't until I watched it in adulthood, and I was like, mm-hmm, I just appeared a dragon. I, I didn't know first, like I definitely didn't know the species or what it was, but I definitely knew like that people had them as pets. Yeah. So I was like, that's not that's not a scary lizard. That's a yeah. nice lizard. Yeah, <laughs> I remember thinking that. But yeah, for me, for when it comes to like the snakes of it all, that's my biggest thing is them getting villainized. Another example that I had was, um, and I actually made a TikTok on this about maybe like a year ago, but there's an episode in The Rookie. Have you seen that show? Yes. Oh, I love The Rookie. I love The Rookie. I forget what is, what's the main character's name? I don't know actors' names. I forget his name, but But he he was was in Castle. He was in Castle and I loved Castle. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm currently rewatching all of Bones in like Bones and Castle are like my go-to back in the day weren't bones and castle on at like the same day or right yeah. after each other yeah Very similar because i loved bones there's too. legit 12 seasons of bones i didn't realize it was that long yeah i thought it was like eight or something no 12 I'm and currently after. all my tv shows are on hiatus right now it's so the worst i'm like time of year for tv shows it drives me nuts so i'm like you know what 12 seasons of bones i that'll tie Honestly, me over that, for that sounds nice for I, might a have bit. To, I might have to do a little rewatch but yes the he was also in firefly right that yes. actor you know okay so you're saying in the rookie though yes so in the rookie there i don't know the episode or the season or any of that i just remember the episode and then i made a tiktok about it but um there's the scene where they are going to this lady's house who has a bunch of snakes and it is the oh yes i remember this it's a great it's a great episode yeah but that specific setting a it's a horrible look for reptile keepers in general because this girl is literally keeping some snakes out on like an indoor tree and things like that it's like that is not how you keep these animals at all so they show horrible examples of that which is always hard but the big thing for me is that the whole premise was this the owner of the snake had one of the snakes get wrapped around her yeah and so she had called 911 or somebody had called 911 and they rushed over there and were helping and trying to get the snake off of her yeah and one of the one of the um main characters was talking about you know hey like i have this injection it'll make the snake pass out and then this younger guy like literally just takes an axe or something some you know big slicey weapon and literally says we don't have time for that and like chops the snake's head off and just kills it on the spot i don't remember that no it was awful at all it was horrific and i was like okay i understand emergency dire situations sure Uh, snake keeping 101 if you have a snake bigger than six foot you're not supposed to handle it with without somebody else in the room to potentially assist sure but like you don't just kill an animal if there's time to save it and they're definitely they even talk about it in that episode of like there was time there was time it was just this over eager guy and it just feeds into the culture of like this is okay fear to do this yeah oh that just breaks my it's it's heartbreaking and breaks my heart it's just i hate things like that and there's just this mentality that especially with big snakes because of movies because of shows that like they can eat people and this and that and it's just not accurate there's they're so villainized i mean go all the way back to the jungle book with Mm car right like i love car big fan of car not a big fan of (laughs) car his eyes and I love the eyes I think he's so fun what is he trust in me but he was a villain he was the villain in that and then if you go if we're talking like way back anime cartoons Robin Mm -hmm. Hood had the little snake 
the scene where he's in the balloon with a little propeller i just oh. i have oh my gosh i need to go and watch robin hood now that was i forgot about he's that he's got this like yeah <laughs> I loved Robin Hood as good. That was a good. That's a good one. But you know, they're like the yeah. the mm-hmm. bad guys, though. They're totally. they're villainized. And then I don't know if you've seen it because I know you're not a super like animated movie girly. This is true. But there was within the last year, it was, it was I think it was called like villains, and it was like a wolf, mm. and then like a snake, and they're like this pack of bad guys. Oh, it's called bad guys. Oh, I, I think haven't it seen is. that. Yeah, and that actually in sounds there, like something I would love. I love yeah, villain origin stories. Yes, no, it's like a pack of animals. It's all animated, and they're like oh. the bad guys, and like the wolf is the like guy in charge. But then they're also, of course, a snake. Yeah, right. Snakes are always, and I mean, it even goes you know all the way back into religion and things like that. But like, literally, snakes are always the bad guy. They're yeah. always the demon. They're always the villain. And I understand that, and I understand that because people see this animal that they don't understand, it it makes it's scary to them. I have total empathy for that. But at the end of the day, it's a lack of information and a lack of education and just understanding. Yep. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Is that it's, they don't attack out of like anger or hate or spite or to hurt you. It's out of protection. It's it's literally solely out of defensiveness. It's just being scared. What else is a snake supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Slither away? Like they're not going to outrun most predators. So that's, and it's reptiles in general, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my, this toque is like super me or my chameleon. My chameleon hates me. He's trying to paint me. Like why why doesn't my chameleon like me? And I'm like, Take a second, reset, think about it. This chameleon doesn't know this snake, this toke, all these reptiles Mm -hmm. that get such a bad rap for being mean, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, in actuality, it's it's a fear response. 100%. And like literally reptiles in their DNA, they're like basically born afraid. That's just how they are. I think part of it is like, we love them so much and we would never hurt them. And we're just pouring our heart and soul into them. And you're like, why would you love me? But they don't understand our intentions. No. Like, and that's not their Look fault. Look at the size ratio, right? right. Of this, yeah. this animal and you. Imagine if like, you were a fraction of your own size looking up at you. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah. But that's my biggest thing when it comes to movies, specifically with snakes, is just the demonization of it. Because yep. it, it also, like, just has so much misinformation about them. And it just creates fear based on inaccuracies. And that Did drives you- me nuts. Uh, I don't remember the name of this movie either. This was on Netflix. It was like an animated cute little thing. And I've only seen it once in my brain works. I have to see it at least three times before I will remember a movie. Yeah. But they were like zoo exhibit animals. And they were all like, like one was like a, like a scorpion. One was like a snake. And like it like escaped. What is that? And then they had that to like go really and get the animal. And there was like, you know, some was zookeeper. It called, with like was it called Okay, I could totally be wrong. Was it Over the Hedge? No, 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 no. That's a different one. That's with one. like the raccoon squirrel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Squirrel okay, guy. sorry. No, this was in like the last year, but it had like a tarantula. Mm-mm. It had like a scorpion. It had like a horned frog. I don't remember that at all. You should really watch this. So I thought that was cool because these were not your traditional yeah, cute I love reptiles. That. It wasn't a gecko. It was literally like a tarantula. The creepy crawlies yes. of the world. Yeah. Yes. I so I that. think if we shift gears a little bit to like movies that did, I think, yeah. help a little mm-hmm. bit put things in a positive light, I think that had you know worked in that yeah, totally. favor where you were rooting for the quirky yeah underkept like you know 
oddball reptile animals type things? So I have one and it's actually one I really wanted to talk about because I actually like did a TikTok for Netflix for this video. Mm-hmm. So the new Leo movie. Yep. I've so seen it. I it's it's so cute. It's really, really good. I that was kind of weird. I'm, I hate musicals, so I'm not a musical gal at all whatsoever. So the fact that there was a lot of singing really threw me at first. <laughs> but it's a great movie. And yes, so just, just, just a little quirky. Yes. But on the topic of ones that like help versus hurt the hobby, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I had a very specific thought process that I personally went through when I was deciding whether or not I was going to work with Netflix to make a video to promote it. Yeah. That was so the, really huge they, for me. And they reached out to you, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. this was before Netflix even came out. I think yeah. at this point there were trailers. So you knew it was going to be like coming. a reptile yeah. type type movie. Yes. And they're like, hey, we want you to do yes. a video so, of this. So I like really thought long and hard about it. And I actually had like several conversations and with them. we chatted them. about it. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, should I do this? Should I not? And I had some very specific stipulations that I basically got permission from Netflix to be able to put disclaimers in the video of like, reminder, these animals should not be cohabs, like things like that. And to me, that was really huge that they allowed me to do that because if they wouldn't have allowed me to do it, I would have turned it down. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Because if I couldn't put that real tangible information about these animals on my platform, I was not going to share that. There was a lot of good things that came from the movie. However, there were things Mm -hmm. that you're like, if you guys aren't familiar with that movie, it's a new Netflix one, but it literally has a lizard and a turtle in the same enclosure. And so you could look at it face value and be like, this movie's terrible. They're showing two reptiles yes. together. Da, 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 da. And so you made sure to call that out of like, hey, this is not also okay. I have my list of pros and cons. Let's hear it. <laughs> so just in regards to like what was seen from the initial get-go of the movie and being like, this is, you know, could be taken bad, like you were saying, taken yeah. at face value. They were cohabiting a tuatara, which I'll get into that, but that is a species that can only be found in New Zealand. That's a lizard. Mm-hmm. And then what I believe was a tortoise. So yeah. the cohabiting of that was definitely a big no-go. The enclosure was small and tortoises really shouldn't be kept in tanks like that either. Right. Yeah. So there were right off the bat. So I did those, not see a UVB bulb. No, <laughs> definitely, definitely no UVB. Definitely too small of an enclosure. Right, all right. the things. The basics. So yeah. right off the bat that I was very hesitant on because I was like, if I can't say something about that, then I'm not going to post something that is going to yeah. negatively affect the and hobby. And just like sweep that in the rug point. as if like everything's yeah. fine. I was like, that's yeah. not no. cool. But the pros, and this is where I think they made, and I don't know for sure. I don't know, you know, the directors or the people who like right, right. came up with the idea You're of the movie. You're just working with the marketing team. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't know what their real intentions were for it, but this was my perspective and I thought it was so cool that out of all the animals that they could have chosen, they selected a species of lizard that is literally not even available to be a pet anywhere in the world. True. No kid can watch that movie and say, I want a Tuatara lizard and go get it. Whereas Finding Nemo yeah. was bad for Super the fish hobby. Super bad. Super really bad. bad. I, and we're not in the fish hobby, but mm-hmm. like we've talked to other... Yeah. 
like people who are in you know aquatics mm-hmm. and stuff like that with like the clown fishes and the blue tangs and everything yes. like that and, like and blue tangs are ones that can they are available you can get them but they're all wild caught you cannot get them in captivity you cannot get them captive bred yeah and so that led to like a ton of like overfishing of the blue tangs which right. is crazy right so with that being said like finding nemo really hurt the fish hobby yes. the fish keeping hobby in that way they were accessible yes. we're in same with like Pascal, like mm-hmm. he's supposed Easily to be a veiled chameleon, right? Mm-hmm. You get those at Petco, yeah. right? Like, come yeah. on. But that's why I was like, okay, Netflix, this is a big step in the right direction, in my right. opinion, that they chose the star of the of the movie to be a species that it's not even possible. They're only in New Zealand. New Zealand is super strict on them. Like they, you literally can, nobody can ever have a tuatara unless you're going to a zoo in New Zealand. I think probably the closest people would think it would be is maybe an iguana. And people aren't, I hope not, aren't casually going out and just getting themselves an iguana. Just like. Typically not. I mean, that's definitely been a problem. I would say, I think in like the eighties and nineties, iguanas were really big and you know, casually yeah. kept often yeah but now i think your I think 12 it's year old's gonna be like hey mom can no. i go get an iguana and, and i think nowadays it's a little bit more common knowledge that iguanas get as big as they get yeah so i think it's less of an issue but that was a really really big pro for me because i was like at least they chose the star animal to yeah. be one that is impossible to get that'll hopefully deter more kids right. from going out and right versus you know, something neglecting. that's accessible yep no so that's a that's a good point i was a really big fan on that they also just in like accuracy, st- from an accuracy standpoint, Tuatars actually can live to be 75 to 100 years. So they were correct on the age of it, which I thought was, yep. again, just showing correct information, which I thought was cool. And then the last one that I had was they they had some really good messaging on the animals that were, there were some animals at a birthday party that were like entertainment circus type animals, yep. like a petting mm-hmm. zoo. And they kind of had some like really good messaging on how like, using animals for entertainment in that way isn't always ethical, isn't always good. The animals aren't always treated well. And in that same vein, they also spoke a lot to in the movie about how reptiles or animals being kept as classroom pets can be literally traumatizing for the pets and the animals and is not an acceptable or okay thing. So for me, I chose to do it because I thought that there were enough things that were beneficial and good in comparison to movies in the past that have had nothing sure. good for the hobby. Was it flawless? No. no. But was it a step in the right direction? I felt like it was. And I felt like it had enough positivity, good messaging, and it it hinted at a lot of things that I feel like a lot of movies about animals typically don't. I Yeah. So for me, that I, I thought that that was just, it's a step in the right direction. I'm, I'm a big fan from that standpoint. Yep. So then you were comfortable putting your name... Yes. Alongside this. Because A, they had a lot of good messaging in it, specifically about reptiles and in the hobby. But B, they also allowed me to put those disclaimers about the cohabbing, about the the enclosure size, the needing enrichment, things like that. I was like, okay, like if if I'm going to be the one putting- I can call out the things that I don't like. I was like, hopefully, hopefully people will see this video, go watch that movie, and then understand, wow, those animals can't be kept like that because of my disclaimers. So I was like, you know, that's, I'll take that. Yeah, take take the wins mm-hmm. where you can get them. Yeah, one movie that I think did allow people to kind of like connect with scaly critters is How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, I love that movie. That's one of my favorites. That is such a feel good bonding, such a good movie. best friend. Like 
with your pet, you yeah. know, who's like your sidekick, your yeah. best friend, like would literally go through fire for you. Yeah. And he's a dragon. Mm-hmm. And a scaly critter yep. is like a, an exotic oddball mm-hmm. and it's a whole society that like demonized oh, these yeah. things and then with time came to grow and love them. Big if fan. that is oh. not like working favor for the reptile hobby and for us keepers who Mm -hmm. do keep the quirky and weird of like that was such a good movie such a good movie and what i loved about it as somebody who you know everybody with reptiles you have to put a ton of time and effort into spending with that animal to bond with that animal to get that boundaries that the animal sets and i feel like it Mm -hmm. showed that all of that really well it showed all the time that he put into working with that dragon like everything i just it was very reminiscent of all the work that we put in with our animals yeah. and with it, just any pet in general, but specifically the scaly ones. Also, that soundtrack. Mm. Yeah, that was a good one. It was a good soundtrack. Good. And the sequels I thought were also good. I loved the second one. Yeah. It was so good. The third one? I have, Wait, I haven't seen the <gasps> third one. There's there's little babies. I didn't even know there was a third one. Little babies. <gasps> I'm going to oh, that's what I'm watching tonight. Yeah. <laughs> So if, after you're done with this podcast, please go check yes. out the How to Train Your Dragon movie series. No, that was a really, really good one. I would say that's probably one of the best. And and obviously, it doesn't. It's not specific to reptiles or specific to you know pets. No, no, but no and that has nothing to do with care, no. right? I feel like these movies are kind of doing two things. Like, yes, the care you could talk mm-hmm. about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like how that set unrealistic expectations for care. Da 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 da. But then there's also the relationship, yes. emotional piece of mm-hmm. it as well and i feel like these movies have at least helped totally. with with that piece totally of it. agree one i also wanted to mention i think this is the last one is monsters inc oh i wouldn't have thought about that why, yeah why do you think that because they're like scaly like um yeah. the Randall. purple guy randall? Is yeah. It randall yeah yeah he's chameleon-esque he, he is. right and well, does like camouflage with the and camouflage stuff. and all that yeah i forgot yeah. about that but it's a good one while they're not necessarily reptiles and randall for sure falls yeah. into the reptile category and that um slug lady what's her name oh yeah was it roz i think it's roz. i'm watching you yeah. yeah so <laughs> but i thought that was cool because you like start out being like mm, i don't know how to follow yeah. up these monsters and they're getting screams out of kids mm-hmm. da, da, da. but as time goes on like you grow to this connection them. of like they're quirky and weird mm-hmm. like whatever i know that's a little bit of a stretch but for me monsters inc i mean there's not a whole lot of movies that were yeah. positive for the the hobby but i no. feel like that one no, you know maybe one. have yeah. changed some hearts I mean, along the way that's just a fabulous movie in general yeah love that one were there any other ones on those, your list those were my main ones yeah okay so yeah so anyways there you guys have it yeah. on like movies things that Good, good and bad. There's bad. I just think it's important when it comes to any and all movies, we have to look at it from like a realistic lens. You know, it's most movies can't provide the exact specific 100% accurate information all the time. That kind of takes half of the fun out of movies. So we have to be a little careful about that. But we also have to understand and take it seriously sometimes too. Goldcoastroaches.com is a small family business in Southern California whose goal is to provide the best food for the best pets. They have a great variety of feeder roaches available, including doobie roaches. But for all of our listeners in Florida, where doobie roaches are illegal, they also have Madagascar hissers, red runners, lobster roaches, orange heads, discoids, and death head roaches, plus an assortment of worms. So if you're looking to add in more variety to your pet's diet, give them a try. Order ship Monday through Wednesday with a satisfaction guarantee. Use code THEWOWTYPE10 to receive 10% off your first purchase. 
Hey guys, it's Lissa. You know, I'm all about bioactive reptile keeping and that can be a challenging new adventure to start. I remember when I first started and there are so many different components you need to focus on and it can just feel really overwhelming. But luckily I have some great resources to help you guys out. First are my idea lists, which are basically shopping lists on my Amazon storefront. I've put together all of these lists for most of the commonly kept reptile species like leopard geckos, ball pythons, new Caledonian geckos, northern blue tongue skinks, and several others. Each list includes links to the majority of what that species would need for the perfect bioactive environment. My last resource is discount codes. I know reptile keeping can get really expensive, so if you're looking for some great discounts, always be sure to check my link tree, which is available in my social media bios at Lissa's Lizards. It can be hard when you're first getting into reptiles to know what to buy and find a kit that actually has everything you need. Luckily, I've partnered with Pangea Reptile to make a chameleon kit that includes all the supplies you need to properly raise a pet chameleon. I created two different kits. The first is the basic kit, which has all the essentials, including the proper enclosure, heat and UVB bulbs, supplements, a hand pump mister, and more. And the second is the advanced kit, which includes everything the basic kit comes with, plus a Miss King mister, plant LED light, and fogger. The kits are available on my website, neptunelinkmillion.com, and while you're there, you'll also find step-by-step tutorials, discount codes, and the answers to commonly asked questions. Thank you in advance to anyone who decides to purchase a kit, shop through my affiliate codes and links, and for tuning into the podcast. Now, I wanted to bring something up, because last week we talked about dating apps, mm-hmm. right, and all that, and this really weird thing happened to me, and I wanted to share with you, <laughs> and I wanted to share with I'm, you guys on the surprise. pod. Yeah. <laughs> So I have to give a little bit of backstory. So I have not been to the eye doctor since 2019. So I couldn't even really remember who my... Wait, that just... Hold on. That clicked for me. 2019? Yeah. What? Yeah. And you wear glasses pretty frequently. Yeah. (laughs) What? What I'm somebody who like religiously goes like every year. No, I haven't been literally since 2019 before the world ended. Oh, wow. You know, I, I can't. I can't speak much. I put a lot of things like that off too. So I feel that. So I had to like track down who my old eye doctor was because yeah. I did not remember no. who they were. No. So I go to call them, right? And I just like on Google, like hit mm-hmm. their phone number. It starts ringing. Do you know what pops up on my phone? What? This picture of this guy who I don't really know, this name Logan. And then it says Bumble. It literally <gasps> starts calling one of my old Bumble no. matches. And I was You're like, joking. And I hung up. I was like, what just happened? That is literally. Why am I calling someone I used to match with? That is nightmare fuel. So I then I panic. woke up this guy, Logan, who I've never even met that guy, right? We were dentist? just like a match. So I look up his number. Oh, sorry, and not I, the dentist. Eye doctor. The eye doctor. <laughs> I look up his number and I look up the eye doctor number and they're identical. So it's not like it was a mistype or something. And I look at the eye doctor's Google number. I'm like, hey, got it. I go to their website. It's the same number. So I'm like, what is I'm like going on? I'm having like a minor heart attack over here. This I happened to me out. today. What? And I like, it was one of those, like it rang two seconds and I like hung up, but it was enough for it to register. So yeah. like, it'd show up on his phone. Yeah. Like that like it was a missed call. I'm like kind of mad you didn't tell me about this until now, but also I understand why. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Anyways. And so I'm like, what is happening? So then I'm like, obviously I have this guy's number, yeah. which means that, and it, I saved it in my right. phone. So I look up Logan in my messages. Mm-hmm. First pops up your husband. But then <laughs> then I see Logan Bumble. I'm like, that's the guy. I have not texted him since 2020. And my message to him was like, like, hey, sorry, I took so long to text you. But like, how's your day going or whatever? Yeah. Right. He never responded. 
which is fine. Like maybe it was the wrong old news. number. Either I got sent the wrong number and I got sent his eye doctor's number or my other theory is that he changed his number because that's oh. since 2020, right? It's been like at least well, like three years, yeah. right? So I'm like, maybe that's crazy. Between 2019 and 2024, that means my eye doctor has gotten a new phone number, and it happens, happens to, to be, be a guy my you, old Bumble match. That's bizarre. That what? Is, God, the, the older I get, the more I realize how tiny the and itty bitty the world is, and it's terrifying. <laughs> I just want to. It just like it was a weird, a weird thing that happened to me, and we were talking about day naps and whatever, and like that is so bizarre. And the guy's name was Logan. Wow, my husband's name. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyways, not You're, that you guys asked for that. Not that it has anything to do with reptiles, but just thought I'd share. That is so that is so out of nowhere. Wow, yeah. bizarre. Your hair looks fabulous today, by the way. Oh, thank you. I just um I just got done. Oh. Went to the to the salon. They you did a lot of things today. Snip, snip. Yeah, very productive. It's the <laughs> new year, guys. You're trying. I gotta get my eye appointments. I got other appointments set. Like all that. <laughs> so I was literally in the chair, and I know every girl goes through this when you're like just a trim, yeah. you know, or you want then they something. Chop off six inches. Yeah. Yeah. Are you the type of girl that you would say something to the hairstylist? Like they get all done, you know, and they're like, "So, what do you think?" Oh, and 100%. it was awful. Or not what you wanted. Oh, yeah. Like, would you say something? Or would you just be like, looks great. And then you go and cry. Nope. No, no. I would say something. Yeah. For sure. Well, mm. at what point would you say something? Though? When they're like all done, like, would you trust the process? Or as soon as they do something, you're like. <gasps> I would say like I have a threshold for like what is or isn't like too, too bad or too good. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's, there's like a level. Like if it was. Like if it was really bad, I'm saying something. If it yeah. was just minor, and I'm like, eh, maybe I'll get used to it. Then like, okay. But if but if it's past the point of like, I think I'll get used to it. Then I'm saying something every time. Yeah, For luckily sure. I haven't had any hair scenarios that were like really bad. I haven't either. I I've had think. nail scenarios where I've had. You've told me about these. <laughs> yeah. I want this cute squiggly design, and I like show the lady a picture, and she's like, "Yep, I can do that." She like felt super confident, and then she did like just like the first nail. I I did not let her do the whole all the nails. Right, no. she just did the first one. She's like, "Looks great, doesn't it?" And I'm like, "No, no, I hate it. No, so sorry." It just like the the squiggle wasn't even like just a yeah. single you, it was like you could see all the brush yeah. marks and it was like i'm not it just expecting wasn't like perfection a clean design no yeah, yeah that's hard. no and i was like in the nicest way possible i'm like no i'm so sorry yeah and like after we had talked and stuff like you could tell she wasn't the go-to like design, design person yeah. like because every salon has yeah. like the girl that like oh yeah that's my girl who I, can I've, like i've been going to her for like two years they can do whatever <laughs> yeah. your heart desires and so this other girl comes to sit down. She like takes it off the nail. Mm -hmm. She's like, why didn't you tell them you wanted a design? I was like, I literally showed the I picture. Did. I did. And so then she didn't. It was flawless. Aww. But I was just like, I felt so bad. No, it's hard. But sometimes you got to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Like you like, honestly, if there if somebody if you're paying for a service and it's not being done correctly, you you should usually say something. There, but then those those girlies, you see yeah. those TikToks, like the audio that's like, this is what I wanted, and yeah. this is what I got, and Aww. it's like, 
terrible. The worst part, at least nails you can redo. Hairs you can't hair hairs hair you cannot redo. It's hard to come back. Yeah, from a that's rough. I've never cut actually. I completely forgot. I did have a horrible sit hair situation one time. I was in college, and I it was back when like ombre hair. It was like a really big thing. <gasps> yeah, but I'm blonde, so I wanted like a blonde ombre, like and a balayage. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. basically, I that's exactly it. I wanted what is now called balayage, but it didn't yeah. exist back then. You were ahead of your time. I was ahead of my time. <laughs> and so I wanted like a blonde balayage, like ombre, quote unquote, look. <sighs> my hair literally, she dyed the top of my hair a like brown chestnut color. Okay. And apparently my hair picks up red when dyed. And so it literally turned to like auburn. And then from like here down, from like my like cheekbones down, it was literally my normal blonde hair. Oh, interesting. It was awful. So this is good. Then that means that I won't ever do that. Because I've thought as someone, like, not that I would, like, totally dye-dye my yeah. hair, but as someone who has red hair, I was like, and the balayage trend was mm-hmm. hot, right? Mm-hmm. And I was so tempted because I wanted to be in on it, yeah. right? And I was like, oh, what would, a, like, red hair to blonde balayage, like, look Your hair's like? too good. You can't. And you so can't. it sounds like you experimented yeah, unintentionally. It was, it was not <laughs> it good. And not, I did, I didn't did say anything well. in the moment, but I did reach back out to her in about a week. And I was like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I'm not loving this hair. It is not the right color and shade for me. So I'm going to need to get, I'm going to need so to get hard. it redone. Yeah. And so I had to get it redone, but it was that bad. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. So No, kudos to you, man. I also want to give myself kudos because I... <laughs> You laugh, but this is well-deserved, okay? Yes. I had gone two years without getting a haircut. Oh, wow. Like, long. I mean, I go I go at least six months. So I paid the consequences of that because my hair was just breaking off mm-hmm. on the ends. My hair was super long, yeah. and it just shrunk yeah. because the ends were just trash. And so I went, and they had to do, like, a pretty bad, like, mm-hmm. deep cut, you know, like, take off a good chunk to yeah. get it back to healthy. And they're like, you need to go every three months. Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. So for one whole year, I've been going every I'm three months you. to get my trim. So, so I already made my appointment you. three months from now. So that's why I want a little bit of kudos you, because I've been on top of my yes. hair game, trying to keep it healthy. And that's I learned good. the hard way. And it looks great. Thank you. Yeah. No, you killed it. I I've, I go about every like four to six months. I definitely stretch it and I'm well overdue right now. But but that's that's good. Yeah. I'm glad you're going consistently. Yes. That's nice. There this go. wasn't even our segment. No. <laughs> we just went but on a just, whole tangent. It's just girl things, you know, talking about hair, talk about nails. Uh, well, and reptiles. For our segment today, we have another reptile, reptile mom, mom hot take. take. Yes. And today's take is naturalistic is just as good as bioactive. Yes. So I think before we dive in and give our two cents on this, mm-hmm. maybe we should help define the differences yes. between naturalistic and bioactive. And I know this is totally right up your alley. So do you want to <laughs> totally do the honors? Thing. Yeah. So, and there can be definitely different definitions of it. So if you guys have a different definition of what's naturalistic versus what's bioactive, let us know in the comments. Like it, it's definitely varying yeah. because there are so many different ways that you can do this. But what I define naturalistic as is bioactive is essentially its own little ecosystem. You have a cleanup crew. The soil is bioactive. There are microorganisms living in the soil that are helping with cleanup, mm-hmm. that are helping with the plant growth and the plants and everything. And are life plants a requirement? That's what I was going to say. Okay. I've 
personally think that bioactive is to, you can have a non-bioactive environment with real plants though. So you can have real plants, but no cleanup crew. And that means that it's not bioactive. What makes an enclosure truly bioactive is the cleanup crew in okay. the soil. Could you have a cleanup crew soil and no live plants? Yes. Okay. And so that would still and be I've, bioactive. I've actually, no, no, no. That would be naturalistic. Okay. So you have to have all three then in order for it to be bioactive. I think so. Yes. You have to have live plants the bioactive mm -hmm. soil and the micro isopods, springtails, well, whatever you end that up is using. The, that is the cleanup crew though. Yeah, yeah. But you need the soil yes. plant cleanup crew. Yes. But if you have just yes. cleanup crew soil, doesn't mm -hmm. cut it. If you just have exactly plants and dirt, doesn't count. Yes. You've got to have all three. But if you have, so naturalistic, what I would define as naturalistic is going to be more so you have substrate, you have loose substrate, you're using loose substrate, which a mm -hmm. lot of people still don't do nowadays. And that's okay. You don't have to, but it is highly beneficial to your animals. So highly recommend. So they'll, what naturalistic will be is you essentially create what looks kind of like a bioactive environment, but typically but you're with fake missing plants. one of the, mm -hmm. you're missing one of those pieces. main elements. And typically what I see is that it's the fake plants versus the real plants mm -hmm. and no cleanup crew mm -hmm. is usually what I see. And I just think it's really important that we just, there's nothing wrong with having a naturalistic enclosure. It just means more work for you, essentially. Right. Because you so, don't have the cleanup crew going in there and mm -hmm. eating all the Eating all the, the waste and, and the leftover else. food or yeah. any of that stuff. And so for me, what I, what I think is important is that your animals have coverage. They have clutter. They have branches. They have plants, live to or fake. Safe and hiding. Yes, to climb and explore. And you can you can maintain all of those important things that your animal needs with fake plants, with substrate and fake plants, and no cleanup crew. You don't have to have those things in order for your animal to truly be thriving, in my opinion. Yeah, I so my crested gecko's enclosure is mm -hmm. bioactive. It is life plants, bioactive soil, and a cleanup crew. But my chameleon enclosures are naturalistic. They have mm -hmm. all life plants and they have all natural branches, but they don't have no soil or cleanup. Soil, crew. correct. Mm -hmm. But for me, that still provides enrichment and quality of Absolutely. life in the live plants. So mine is a little bit different, right? Because mm -hmm. you're seeing a lot of people have the fake plants. A lot of people do that too, though. Yeah, where they'll mm -hmm. have they'll put some some real plants in there and you know not have a cleanup crew or. And I actually have um, done kind of a different variation of this for my snakes in the past where I will have soil that has springtails and isopods in it, but then all fake plants because yep. my snakes flatten real plants. Yeah. So. I feel like fake plants get a really bad rap. Mm -hmm. Like fake is bad and just yeah. immediately like jump to that yeah. point over there. The reality is your reptiles don't know if they're real or fake. The only thing I can consider as like, a potential risk is if you have a species that's known to be a plant eater. 100%. That's a really, really great point and caveat to make. Yeah. yeah. So chameleons, veils in particular, mm -hmm. right, are one of those species that are notorious yeah. for being plant eaters. And so by using the fake plants, mm -hmm. you are then not a guarantee, but at a much higher risk yes. for them potentially ingesting the fake plant impaction death huge bad huge important disclaimer yeah <laughs> are there other species like are there any like snakes that are 
Not, not really, um, but omnivores. So like mm. blue tongue skinks, bearded yeah. dragons, like any any lizards that also eat plants are are potentially going to have an sense. issue with that. Like I have to be very careful with what I put into what plants I put into my blue tongue skinks enclosure. She's pretty good. She doesn't really go after the plants much because she prefers her meat and bugs and things like that. Yeah, but. It, but that definitely, I have to make sure that any plants that I put in there, if she did ingest them, that they would be safe because yeah. just on the off chance that she would, you know, that's something you got to be careful with for sure. Yeah. But I do know of, um, and you've met them, the panther chameleon breeder that we was mm-hmm. bumped into at Expos, they pretty much exclusively use fake plants yeah. in their enclosures. They think they're very sterile. They think they're very clean mm-hmm. and they're breeding. So they're working in a larger quantity, yeah. just trying to keep these animals as Cle- healthy as Cleanliness possible. Cleanliness is important for that. Yeah. For sure. So I totally get that. Yeah. So there are, there are different ways to go about it. But I think at the end of the day, you have to decide what is best mm-hmm. and safest for your species, yes. for your environment, and what can you sustain, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have a plant LED bar, it's going to be very challenging yeah. to I've, keep those life plants I've, alive. I've made that stupid mistake. <laughs> yeah. So I've definitely, like in, early on in my bioactive journey, I definitely didn't have you're... plant LEDs in it. They all died. Mm-hmm. RIP. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're new to reptile keeping, I think the learning curve with bioactivity can be a little steep. If you're brand it's, new to UVB, you're brand new to supplements, you're brand new to gut loading, you're brand new to bugs. Like that is a lot, lot to learn. It's too much to take on. On top of mm-hmm. setting up a, one learning about bioactive stuff, but then also setting up a successful yeah. bioactive enclosure. It is certainly possible. Tons of people do it. Yes. But I think there should be a little grace and understanding that, hey, if you're just getting into reptile keeping, maybe yeah. start with naturalistic right and i am all for that because genuinely i think it's so important to know that your reptiles don't know the difference between real and fake plants what they do know the difference between is whether or not they feel safe and secure in that enclosure yes and that's the most important thing and you can achieve all of that with a naturalistic setup yep and so. you could always start out naturalistic and you could work towards yes, yes a i did bioactive mm-hmm. enclosure you could mm-hmm. gradually add in more life plants or you have life plants in there and they're just yeah. itty bitty yeah. and they haven't grown in yet mm-hmm. so in order to provide that coverage for your a species of real plants and fake plants yeah. is always good too you have those fake ones in there just temporarily mm-hmm. until those live plants right. are big enough and i will want to say when i'm saying fake plants what i'm thinking of is those silk leaf like yeah. softer ones not like the hard yeah plastic mm-hmm. fake ones those i don't recommend for uh, the silk ones can be kind of tricky especially in like highly uh highly misted enclosures because they can kind of contain bacteria and hold Hmm. that in so you do have to be a little bit careful with that so we haven't seen that in the chameleon space but typically the enclosures have time throughout the day to dry out i think i'm thinking a little bit through like some of the higher humidity species and things like that that. so that's that's something that's a little bit warned against you can kind of go either way but i do like ones that feel a little bit softer not necessarily all fabric but there are some plastic ones that are softer than others and things like that but but you can start with fake plants. You can start with just substrate. It doesn't have to be bioactive substrate. Yep. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, and cleanup crew. And a cleanup crew alive is, is hard. also another, hard. another thing to do. Yes. I, I gave myself a kudos again. Um, I have maintained the same cleanup crew for Pluto Mycrasa gecko the entire time. That's incredibly impressive. That's fantastic. I got him yeah. in 20... 
19. And they're all still kicking? Yeah. Wow. It's the exact same culture. That's fabulous. And I've I've redone yeah. the the soil Mine, and stuff. I had I had a really, really good long streak there for a long time with a lot of my bioactive enclosures, but then they all kind of died after the last time that I moved. So <gasps> I'm currently working on upgrading and fixing okay. a lot that of means that. you get to yeah. buy some new isopods and get Which some like cool, I, cool I, new things. I love doing that. Yeah. But but I just think I feel like a lot of time in the community, especially now as more and more keepers are pushing more towards bioactive. Yeah. And you guys know I am the number one fan yeah, of bioactive. Great. We love to see it. Huge promoter of bioactive. I think everybody should work towards it just because it makes it easier on you. And a lot of people will sometimes call bioactive keeping the lazy way of reptile keeping. And I don't necessarily agree with that because it's a it's ton still of work. work to keep it. It's a ton going. of work. Yeah. But what bioactivity in an enclosure does for you, in my opinion, is the live plants make it significantly easier to maintain humidity in the enclosure. Yep. It also just in general helps you with the cleaning up because, you know, it doesn't smell right away. Usually like any left, you don't have to, you know, get out the cleaning supplies and clean up the tile or the shelf liner or whatever you're using. You don't have to do those things. You can, you can literally just pick it up. And if there are any remnants left, the cleanup crew gets it. Yep. And so it's a two second fix versus like a two or three minute fix. So it just saves time. And when you have a lot of reptiles that makes it that adds up it adds up yeah for <laughs> but, sure so i so I, for me i think bioactivity is amazing for the reptiles amazing for you it creates a more stable environment but if you have naturalistic and you're keeping it super clean and you're maintaining the humidity levels there is no difference in my opinion so like i feel like a lot of times people will kind of especially I see in the comments all the time on social media, people kind of jumping on somebody for not going bioactive or like not, you know, using real plants or this and that. And I just, I think, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. The, the chameleon community is notorious for oh, really? poo-pooing all over mm. fake plants. I myself will recommend life course, plants, yeah. but that's because chameleons will eat fake ones Mm -hmm. not all of them not all species but when i don't know of someone in the comments what species they have then i have to make generalizations i have to make sweeping recommendations Mm -hmm. of like blanket statements yeah Yeah. and so live plants are the safer option 100 of the two could you successfully use fake plants absolutely are people going to come after me in the comments for saying that absolutely but i think if you can do exactly what yeah. you're saying of like providing the coverage, keeping an eye on your species and being mm-hmm. thoughtful and considerate of like what's going on. Like yeah. I would never put a brand new veiled chameleon in an enclosure with fake plants if you no, don't yeah. know what they're going right. to do with it. But if you've learned over time, then right. like, or we have a panther, like you just, I, there's I, more than one way to do it. I started out with my panther chameleon with all flake plants. This mm-hmm. was back in 2016, 2017, I think. When so, dinosaurs roamed the land. Yeah. So very, very different world back then. You know, no, I don't know if how many people were even keeping live plants, you know. Yeah. And that's, and that's less. what we're saying. Like we love to see the hobby the growth. moving forward yeah. and pushing for back activity, other keepers mm-hmm. leading by example. I just think we have to give a little bit of grace and understanding to yes. people who are maybe new to the hobby or are still learning mm-hmm. or still uncertain and they need just a little bit more time yeah. and education before they can get yeah. to that point. And I just think that naturalistic enclosure should never be demonized because that is still a step above the bare minimum. Absolutely. Like this is a good thing. Absolutely. <laughs> like, so that those steps that they're taking in that learning curve they're taking all the right steps 
let them enjoy it. Don't bash anybody for that. I just think that's really important. Yeah. I know this is a hot topic in the hobby, guys, mm-hmm. the, the naturalistic, bioactive, all that. So this is, I mean, obviously we're talking to each other here. You guys aren't yeah. here right now, but this can be a conversation. Let us know yeah. in the, the comments, like your thoughts on naturalistic, bioactive. We would always love to, to yeah. hear from you guys, but I think this is an important topic and one we'll probably talk about again. Yeah a safe space we're not going to judge you for it we no, promise <laughs> no 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 judgment here we're yeah. just sharing our experiences and observations along the way totally yeah are, are we calling this i think we're good a wrap is I this another episode as always you guys can follow the podcast at the wild type podcast on youtube Everything. spotify tiktok instagram yeah. you name it we're there otherwise you guys thank you so much for listening be sure to subscribe rate the podcast i'm neptune the chameleon and i'm the lizards and we're your reptile girlies bye y'all